Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What, Billy up? This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> yes. He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Fall Obsession, baby. Welcome back, everybody, to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am Sam Thrash from Fall Obsession, your host once again for this week's podcast. And joining me today, we have a newcomer to our podcast, but by no means a newcomer to Fall Obsession. Um, he's been a member of our staff and a contributor to our organization for several years now, and that is our very own pro staffer, Stephen Bowen. Stephen, welcome to Fall Session Podcast, man. Uh, thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on. Glad we could finally uh, finally make something work and uh, and get you on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's uh, really exciting to see where you know Fall Session has been going over the, especially the past couple of years. So it's just great to be able to be a part of it. I couldn't agree more, man. I'm right there with you. Well, before we get into our topic, um, I do want to, as always, bring up that this podcast is brought to our listeners by our friends over at Elite Archery. We continue to be very fortunate to be partnered with a company like Elite. Larry Mack and all the guys over there at Elite and the Outdoor Group have uh, have helped us out a bunch in the past couple of years. It's our second year running Elite Bows. I know I'm set up with a, with a cure for the 2020 season, and Stephen, I believe you are as well. Yes, sir. I, I got mine right before Christmas, and I've already I had a chance to take one deer with it this year. It was right there at the end of the season, but, oh, man, it is something else. There's nothing that can compare to it, to be honest with you. I've, you know, I've been shooting archery. I've done competitions, and I, I started with an elite bow back 10, 15 years ago, right around the time that they first came out. Uh, it was a elite XLR, and and I, I love that thing. It was just I couldn't get a cam that fit my draw length the way I needed. So I wound up, I tried some different stuff, but, you know, came right back to them, man. They're awesome. 
man and that new cure too with the with the quarter inch draw length increments and the set technology uh, there's in my opinion there's never been a bow that you could really fine tune in to be customized for you there's never been a bow like it in my opinion no not not anything like this i mean i do i work on mine myself anyway i bought you know right there wasn't a bow shop near me so i had to kind of you know learn myself and you know i got this thing in it probably didn't take me an hour and a half to have it bear shaft tuned i mean it was it was just a breeze i mean the set technology you know you don't have to put it in a press to change anything you can you know you can almost set it up to where you want it before you ever take your first shot i mean it, it was super easy to set up and i even played with it a little bit just to see what i could make a bear shaft do and you could get a paper tear that was six inches left and then come right back to a bullet hole i mean it, it whatever you did to that to those adjustment screws the bow reacted and stayed right where you put it so absolutely really sweet working with it yeah guys if you guys have not already please go check out the cure at, at your local dealer and if you don't have a local dealer by you like steven um, then you can check them out online they even have a bow builder online where if you're going to order one you can order it customize it to your to what you want order it online and then have it shipped directly to you along with a lot of other elite accessories online so they they got a good setup there on their website but again if you can make it to a dealer to try one out please do and and let us know your thoughts and if you want some more info on them if you want to see more about what we're talking about with the set technology and and the adjustability of this bow then go to our uh, our youtube page our social media pages and our website fallobsession.com and uh, see what we have. We got plenty of videos and content uh, over the subject of the Elite Cure for sure. So, well, Stephen, um, this is this is a uh, and, and I like the transparency of our podcast, which is why I'm bringing this up. But this is a, this is a working man's podcast. You know, we're 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 everyday guys, and we're catching you right now, midday on a weekday um, over your lunch break. So um, we we want to make sure that we uh, that we keep it moving that way we can get you back in time but uh one thing that we did want to talk about with you is something that is i say relatively new but guys like you have been doing it for a little while now and that is saddle hunting and it's it, i find it a very interesting topic i can't say that i have experienced it myself just yet several of our guys on our staff including yourself have so that's why i wanted to thought it was a good idea when you brought it up to sit down and, and talk about this and uh and kind of explain the concept behind saddle hunting for us for me it makes the most sense it's so much lighter it's uh so much safer than hunting out of a lock-on or a climber or you know a ladder stand you know if you're in a big tower stand that's a pretty safe place to be but you know for us guys that like to get out and bow hunt we move around a lot and, you know if you got a little piece of property it's hard to have enough stands set up to hunt everywhere you want to with a saddle you can go just prep the trees i mean there's so many different climbing methods to be able to get into you know your hunting position that you can go you know if you use a double rope technique where you actually just basically pull yourself up the tree you know you throw a rope over a limb you can go out pre-season and set some little pieces of paracord so all you got to do is hook your rope to it, pull it up over the limb, and you're in the tree. 
or I mean, you can use spikes like screw in steps and prep a bunch of trees all over the property. And then you have unlimited options because you're wearing your saddle, your stand. You know, you're not out there worrying about it. The wind's going to be right for this one or the wind's going to be right for that one. Because they're all, you know, when you're using the saddle, you can hunt any of them at any time. Gotcha. So, so th- again, I've never, I have yet to experience it myself, but so you are literally, you're wearing your stand in, you're, you're already sitting in it when you walk into the woods and you just have to climb up and clip in basically. That That's pretty much it. Um, most of the saddles that you buy today are basically a combination safety harness and saddle. So when you put it on, it's clipped on. When you get to the tree, put your lineman's belt you know, around the tree and hook it to your saddle, whether you're using your sticks or you've got ladders set up or spikes, you, you know, start climbing the tree. So you're clipped off from the moment you leave the ground. And then when you get to your hunting height, you have a, another lanyard, uh, tether is what it's called. And you wrap that around the tree and that's what you clip your, your saddle harness, your bridge to. And that's the, the rope that's attached to your, uh, actual saddle that gives you allows you to kind of hang and sit you've also got the lineman loops for your lineman belt so you're always attached to the tree basically is you know you're you're never free hanging you're never just hanging off you're always got a line attached to the tree so and i mean there's pretty much no way to fall out of the saddle they're uh i believe they're kind of designed after a combination of like a rock climbing harness and uh, arborist, you know, climbing harness. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's made to keep you in it. I mean, there, it can't. There's nothing I found that's any safer. And as far as like comfort goes, I've uh, broken my back twice, and it was really hard on me to sit in like a lock-on stand or a ladder stand for more than two or three hours at a time. Right. I get real fidgety. But with the saddle, I can get in several different positions that are very comfortable, and I've sat five, six hours in it. So, I mean, to me, there's no issue in comfort. It's actually far more comfortable. I got you. So what what originally sparked your sparked your interest in it? Was was it the not being able to sit for extended periods of time like that, or were you just looking for, for something different? Well, really, for me, I think it was more about mobility. And when I started was, you know, because I hunt different properties and having stands set up all over the place, it's just hard to, hard to maintain all that by yourself. So with the mobility, I could, you know, prep a few trees and, you know, have a hundred stand locations on three different properties and only have one stand, Mm -hmm. you know, if I get to the hunting land and okay, the wind's not doing what i expected it to be doing that's okay because i can just go to another tree you know i can move on somewhere different and it doesn't really it doesn't hurt my my planning as much you know having that mobility right and also hunting public land being able to hunt public land i can go a lot further back in some places that other people say carrying a you know climber or a lock-on set they'd have a lot harder time to get back there where I just walk back there. Like I'm, you know, I'm just carrying my boat basically, and I'm 
little backpack with camera gear. So, you know, it, it's it's a lot easier to get in and out of places with too. It's mobility would be the reason I started, but the comfort is really the biggest benefit I think I've found. Gotcha. So what kind of difference have you seen when it comes down to managing your equipment from the saddle? And, and mainly what I'm talking, talking about is, is you're a bow hunter like myself. And have, is it more difficult you think to, to be able to acquire your target to draw back or are you just kind of swinging around or are you able to still get a, a solid setup you think when, when you draw your bow back? Uh, well, I've always, preferred to sit shooting down when I could just because it, out of a tree because the trees tend to be moving a little bit you know your legs are shaky so I try to get as solid of a base as I can mm-hmm. and with the saddle your feet you can actually have your feet on your step or your platform your knees against the tree so you've got you know two points of contact right there against the tree and when you're sitting down so that's three and I mean uh, it's far easier for me. I, I've got a, I make a far better shot out of my saddle than I do out of a stand. Gotcha. Oh, and as far as getting around to be able to get a shot, for one, the way you set up in a saddle, you're setting up on the back side of the tree, so you have the tree trunk in front of you. So you've got this big, you, you've got a blind right there in front of you for the most of, you know, most of the time, and if the deer comes in. Where you think he is, you you really just got to move a, a few inches off to the side of the tree to draw and shoot. Gotcha. And I mean, all these, you know, it, it takes a little time when you first start. I mean, I got out in the backyard on a tree and started figuring out how I wanted to hang all my stuff, you know, where I wanted my bow, where I wanted my tether, how I, you know, making sure everything was comfortable and had to figure out a system of what order to hang every, how to, you know, set everything up when you're in the tree. But I had to do the same thing when I was hunting out of a stand too. You know, when I first started, you get in there and be fumbling around with stuff. And over time you develop that system of, okay, I get there, bow hanger goes up, bag goes up, camera arm comes out, pull my bow up, hang it up, you know, whatever your system is. And after that, it's really, it's a really smooth transition to using your equipment because everything's right there in front of you. It's all right there hanging on the tree. Awesome. Well, I'll say one more thing as far as the shot capabilities. You can shoot 360 degrees around that tree. Yeah. Some of the shots require a little bit more movement to get into position. But for the most part, I can shoot probably... 280 300 degrees from my main position without you know move with very little movement gotcha man that's awesome are there different variations of the saddle setup or is it pretty pretty standard across the board well the basic concept is pretty standard but you've got different companies you've got like the kestrel saddles uh and the, the mantis saddles uh it's tethered uh, is the name of the company that makes them and kestrel i think they make the arrow hunter the one i'm using is actually a diy saddle that i you know i started researching it and found some ways i you know i wasn't ready to spend a whole lot of money to start off 
so I found a way to get into it kind of basic, see if I was even going to like it. And honestly, I was still using the same DIY saddle, which uh, you can go on YouTube and look up G2 Outdoors. The guy, Greg Godfrey, he actually is one of the inventors of the Mantis saddle. And he has a lot of videos on the do-it-yourself stuff on, you know, how to make a, a DIY saddle that's safe and, you know, the things you need to know. And that's where I got my information. Gotcha. So you, you've talked a little bit about about the advantages and, and, and your draw toward saddle hunting and the saddle setup. But what ha, has there been any kind of struggles for you when you transitioned to utilizing the saddle anything that you had to that you felt was difficult or took longer to get used to than you anticipate or that you struggled with well i mean i've done a lot of experimenting with different climbing methods and some of them are good for me and some of them aren't and there's been some definite struggles in that department uh and like i said i i did a lot of research so as far as the the learning curve i had time i started got my stuff during you know actually around this time of the year before i started hunting Mm -hmm. and i got in the backyard and set up on a tree right there at the ground and it's like okay how am i gonna do this all right so what if i hang my bow here or hang it there i so I, i tried to minimize the the transition the problems in transition but as far as really major issues i mean it's different but other than that it hadn't been anything bad that i'm this even made me consider going oh, I'm, I'm not doing this again you know right no that's definitely good to hear yeah i mean i i love it and there is a a difference especially if you have a little bit of a fear of heights and stuff I could see where that that could be difficult for someone to get used to just kind of hanging off the tree by a rope versus being sitting in a stand. So, right. So you you do most of your hunting down in in Georgia, correct? Yes, sir. Southeast uh, Georgia. So, obvi- obviously, saddle hunting is very very practical and applicable for you down there. Are there any other environments that you think that it would also be effective in versus another another type of stand setup well the thing about it is with a saddle you can hunt in a tree that is you know eight ten inches in diameter something that you couldn't get a climber around or you know or a, a lock on probably be too heavy to want to set it up but with the saddle you can still get in there and get set up you may not have the best cover or if you're hunting like a really thick area that's got some small trees you can get set up in that i mean you can hunt from five foot trees that are gigantic you know big gigantic trees down to six eight ten inch diameter i guess depending on the hunter's size you know what you feel safe climbing in right and i mean it's like when we were in texas i mean there's plenty of there was trees down there that I definitely could have hunted out of in the saddle. And, you know, it, it's be a little more difficult or a little different than what I'm used to. But, I mean, you can get in them and 
I, I think it'd be very beneficial in that area, like where we hunted in Texas. Right. You could get in some of these places that you wouldn't think you'd put a stand there, but if you haven't, you can get up there and have enough room to sit and still get a shot. You can pretty much hunt it. No, for sure, absolutely. Even though I haven't tried it, it sounds like it's a pretty, uh, pretty simple concept. It's just unfamiliar to a lot of people. Oh yeah, and that that's the bait that the biggest thing is. I think a lot of people are just worried about hanging from a tree, but it just doesn't seem safe. Well, if you fall out of your stand, you're dependent on that little rope to save you. Right. You're already hanging from it, so there's no shock and nothing like that. But so, Stephen, the the saddle concept um, is really it's really interesting to me. It's something that I that I hope that I might be, get to try some t- time in the near future. But uh, you know, I also while we have you on the phone, want to talk just about some hunting with you. I mean, we're we're a hunting podcast and, and I want to talk some hunting. So, um, I, I appreciate you, uh, you kind of recapping and, and telling us about your, your saddle setup. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that if any of our listeners have any questions, they can either tag you in some of the comments online or send us an email and we can get them in touch with you regarding it as well. Oh yeah. I'd be happy to answer anything that I can help with. If I don't know the answer. I'm sure I can find out for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So man, moving into some hunting, um, you mentioned you know coming down here to Texas last year. I wanna, I, I know we've in several podcast episodes, kind of over time, we have recapped certain things that happened on that trip and and memories that we have. But I want to hear your side of the story, man. What was that trip like for you? It was a little bit of you know a, a dream come true because I've always wanted to go to Texas to hunt. I mean, that that was, I didn't really care what we were hunting. I just always wanted to go. Uh, my sister lived out there for a few years, and I never could make it happen. So to get to go this time was, that part, that just being there was amazing. Seeing the difference in the, the terrain, the way the deer are, the, you know, just the way they act. I mean, it was, the whole experience was a little bit of a dream for me. Absolutely. I I think even for us that that are here in Texas, I think it was a uh, it, it was kind of the same way because even though we're familiar with the the terrain, the environment, stuff like that, one just the amount of deer that were out there was crazy, and then two oh. two getting to hang out all of us as fall obsession staff actually in person in deer camp was was a pretty cool experience as well. Oh no doubt. I, I mean that was probably the best part of it that all the guys there were you know everybody was helping everybody and i mean it was just a we never met but it was like one big family as you know right from the start you know and that that was probably the best part of it to me was getting to meet y'all and you know the cooking and cleaning deer and you know just the whole nine yards the camp experience was you know like I said, it was my favorite part because, I mean, back home where I'm at, I'm other than hunting with my little girl and every now and then a friend, I tend to hunt by myself. So I, I've i never had that big deer camp experience like a lot of folks. So, you know, you go down on the weekend and camp, and, you know, that that's what you do. I, so this was really my first true deer camp. Absolutely. I, I think that there's, for a lot of us, it, it, it was as well because – 
we, you know, whether it's hunting with family, hunting with your dad, you know, th- there's a certain sense of camaraderie that you have there. But then when you get just a bunch of friends together to hunt like that, it's, it, it's different, man. And, and it's awesome. Most certainly. I mean, I, I, I couldn't have had a better time. That's awesome. Meeting all the guys and it's, uh, you know, it's like Andy, he was in Georgia, I guess last week or something. And, you know, he sent me a text. It's like, hey, where are you? I know you're down here this way. Where are you? <laughs> I mean, he was a little away, but still, you know, it's nice to, you know, you make friends that not just uh, online buddies, but, you know, we've got friends for life now. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and I think that's something special that we have here at Fall Obsession and something that has developed and grown over time is that camaraderie is that brotherhood that and 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 i i say it time and time again how 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 privileged i am to to be able to look at our staff and and just see the family that's there because you know you have big pro and field staff programs at other organizations and not to knock on them but you know it gets to a point where you know you're you're just another name and another number in the system but we are and you guys are pro and field staffers you guys have made an effort to actually you know keep that contact with one another and and grow upon that family aspect of everything and that has that's what's turned it into one big brotherhood one big family of of now 30 something guys which is awesome so yeah it's amazing i mean that <laughs> It's come so far. I mean, it, I just, I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And like you said, the, the group of guys we have are pretty exceptional. And you know, from what I've seen, being around this hunting industry and you know, pro staff and field staffs and different companies, so I don't see me going anywhere. I'd, I'd like to see where this, where where we wind up in another twenty years. You know. Man, it it'd be awesome. There, there's endless possibilities, man. There truly is. <laughs> no doubt. So, what do you have? Uh, what do you have in mind for for this year? You got any target bucks at home, or are you and your little girl going to be doing anything anything fun for hunting season this year? Well, I've uh, we're setting up a few new spots. They're actually my lease that I have out here uh, close to the house. It's being cut for timber and or the timber's being cut in the next week or so i hope so that's gonna present a unique challenge because i mean that everything's gonna change but honestly i'm looking forward to it because when they they cut the timber i know a lot of guys that are like nope i'm done i'm finding somewhere else but for me it's kind of a clean slate yeah so i can you know, I can kind of keep trails cut and, and help steer the deer in directions I want them to go. I can kind of grow it back into the habitat that is going to work for me, but also work for the deer, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a give and take. Yeah, it's going to be different for a couple of years, but it gives you an opportunity, a fresh start to maybe try, you know, have a little better chance come November, you know? Uh other than that, of course, we got my buddy's place over there that we'll be hunting, and where she's killed most of hers. And so far, I've got we've got a couple of good bucks, and that's really going to be my my goal this year is to get her her first buck. Little girl, she she'll be eight this year, and 
she's she had a very really good first season and pretty good one last year and so this year she says she wants to she's ready to kill a buck now so well there you go i got my work cut out for me yeah <laughs> better be better watch out before before long she'll be killing bucks and leaving you with does <laughs> and that, that will be just fine with me don't <laughs> I, I'd, I'd rather her be doing it and you know, it won't be long. My son will be doing it. So I, you know, I, I knew when I had kids that the day would come that I would just be the guide. You know. <laughs> yep. But, uh, until that day comes, I'm gonna still be hitting it hard. No, I hear, I hear you, man. Yeah, it's, it, it's something that happens when, when you get kids out there in the woods, you, you become more excited than they are to, to watch them succeed. So. I I know I'm looking looking forward to it with my son one day. So and 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 you obviously have have already gotten a taste of it. So oh, and, and you know that. And one thing I was talking to a friend of mine that just had a kid, and when you, or at least for me, when I had kids, up until then I'd never hunted out of a ground blind. I'd you know never hunted from the ground. I, I'd always hunted from a climbing stand. Mm-hmm. So. When I started having kids, it changed the way I thought about things because I'm going, hmm, I'm gonna have to figure out how to do this, where I can take, you know, where I can take my daughter. I got to figure out how to do it where she'll be safe and, you know, she can go and enjoy it too. So ground blinds came into play, and here in Georgia, that hunting from a ground blind can be quite challenging. Oh, I hear, I hear you, man. So one thing that I wanted to bring up and and kind of get your get your concept behind it um is your is your setup for your self-filming because you do a lot of self-filming and we got to kind of witness your setup and your equipment um like you're talking about in last year's texas hunt down here when you joined us um and i know i think nick powell mentioned on a previous podcast episode that he he was really wanted to get you on here to to kind of explain what your setup is for self-filming because we have a lot of followers that that do just that so before we before we wrap it up here if you got time i'd, I'd love to hear um and i'm sure our listeners as well would love to hear what your self-filming setup is how you put that together all right well what i'm using these days is fourth arrow camera gear like i said earlier with the saddle hunting mobility was a big big thing for me so the fourth arrow has a really nice knuckle setup that allows you to level on pretty much any tree i mean they've got really great products really well made and i started with just the camera arm and the the tree knuckle the little stiff arm set and i got their fluid fit. I also the camera i got is a panasonic h hcv 770 i think and it's not a high-end camcorder, but it's it's a full HD. You know, it, it's, it takes pretty good videos. I mean, I think I'd have to probably step up to like a 4K version to get much better video out of a, a camcorder like that. But it, it's got a lot of features that makes hunting like in the ground blind a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Like when we were in Texas, you can connect your phone to the camera and use your phone to control the zoom start stop recording you know stuff like that you can use it's also a viewfinder so you don't 
you don't have to keep the little viewfinder on the camera open, letting light in, and you know, moving, having to peek over there to see what you're doing. You know, you can have it in your lap, where you just glance down, say, okay, right before you shoot, you know he's in the frame. Okay, got him. Draw back, shoot. So that that's a nice feature. You got the camera arm and the camera, and I also use the fourth arrow tripod. It's got an adapter that you can put your camera arm on. So like you're in a ground blind, you can set your tripod up off to the side and use your camera on the camera arm. So it's kind of, you can move it back out of the way to the side. So when you're bow hunting, you know, you can have it set up where you can see and it's not in the way. You don't have the tripod right in front of you, so it's not hard to draw your bow. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's probably one of my favorite parts about the system. Yeah, that that's awesome, man. And and for our listeners' sake, I will also clarify that um, we at Fall Obsession at this time are in no way partnered with Fourth Arrow Camera Arms. So this is these are products that Stephen has spent his own money on and invested his own resources into to to make work done his own research on and uh, this is his honest this is his honest opinion coming to you straight from field experience so this isn't this isn't a uh, a biased opinion out of corporate partnership or anything so oh no this, this is just you know experience and now they've even taken it a step further the the can't the knuckle that attaches to the tree is way lighter I mean, I, they every time I look, they're coming out with something new and more innovative. Uh, I think they actually have a conversion kit to make the camera arm a shooting rest, too. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, they've got parts that actually attach to the, uh, to like a box blind like we were in in Texas. So you can attach your camera arm to it or uh, shoot the shooting rest can be attached to something like that. I mean... I, I like you said. I did research. I I started off with homemade tree arm or bow hanger tree arms for camera arms, and I I got tired of fighting with that, and then started looking and found Fourth Arrow, and I hadn't looked back since. They everything I've had gotten from them has been high quality, very well made, and very practical. Well, there you go, guys. If you're interested in self filming, sounds like you just need to go check out Fourth Arrow if you haven't already. All right, Stephen. Well, we've talked about the saddle. We've talked about yourself filming. We've talked a little bit of hunting and and some fun memories and hunting with kids and stuff like that. Um, like I said at the beginning, I know this is a working man's podcast. We need to get you back to work. But uh, before we before we go, I got to hit you with our our rapid fire questions that we do at the end of every episode. All right. Shoot. So guys, these, um, and also a cool new thing that we got going now is these rapid fire questions are brought to you guys by our friends over at Custom Bow Equipment. So if you're looking for sights, rest, or quivers, anything like that, go check out our, our friends over at CBE. All right, Steven, question number one. What is your favorite hunting memory to date? My little girl killing her first deer. That's a good one to have, my friend. Question number two. What is a bucket list hunt that you have that you haven't been able to do yet? But there's so many. <laughs> Man, that that is, I ask that question to everybody, and that is the answer I get every single time. <laughs> I'm just going to say anything in Alaska. Anything in Alaska. 
pretty much. Alaska would be an adventure in and of itself, man. That that that's right. awesome. All right, third and final question. Um, kind of the the main topic and what we started our discussion day was saddle hunting. So if you had to give one big piece of advice to somebody who is thinking about or just now trying saddle hunting for the first time, what would it be? Hook up with somebody that's been doing it a while so they can help you get everything set up where it'll be comfortable for you. Everybody's different. So get somebody and there's a lot of guys on Facebook and, you know, probably someone near you that does it. that'll be willing to kind of show you and the different adjustments you can do the way they do it and give you some pointers on how you can be comfortable when you get set up. Good advice right there. Well, when I finally get ready to do it, I'll hit you up. How about that? Sounds good to me, bud. I'll be glad to help out. All right, man. Well, Steve and I appreciate you joining us for another podcast episode. It was good to, to get you on here for the first time, and I'm sure that we'll uh, that we'll be having you back on here before too long as well, and I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks for, thanks for joining us today. Well, I appreciate you allowing me to be on here. It's been fun. I hope somebody learned something from all this, and you know, if there's any anybody's got questions, I feel more than free to get in touch with me on Facebook or Instagram, whatever, and we'll see what we can do to get them answered. Absolutely. And on that note, guys, um, if you haven't already, please check out our pages, uh, Fall Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we do have some content on our website right now, and I'm sure there will be more coming regarding saddle hunting, some reviews and stuff like that. So feel free to reach out to us to get in contact with Steven or any of the other guys that, that have been doing it on our staff. Um, also, check out some of our other video series. We have our Cure Your Obsession series, which is a great one for entry and experienced level archers um, to check out on that. And then our new series, Off Season, is also showing what our guys have been doing um, in their downtime in between hunting seasons and, and stuff like that. So go check both of those out as well when you get a chance. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe to this podcast. We come out with a new episode every single week. Um, hopefully we're going to be able to keep that up. So be sure you hit that follow and subscribe button so you get notified every time we publish a new episode on Monday mornings. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. If you have any questions about this podcast or want to suggest a future topic, you can go to fallobsession.com slash podcast, and we will be able to uh, get back to you and hopefully cover your, your suggestions or your questions in a future episode. So we thank you guys for tuning in. Steven, thank you again, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Not a problem. And we will see you guys again next week for another episode of our Fall Obsession podcast. We'll catch you later. that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv